Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence, and by Dow Automotive Systems, innovations for clean powertrain solutions. This is Auto Line Daily for March 7th, 2011, and now the news. For the past couple of years, we've been reporting on how car sales in China have been screaming ahead. But now, for the first time that we can remember, new vehicle sales in China fell last month compared to a year ago. The decline was only 0.4%, but even so, that is news. Rising fuel prices and expired incentives are largely to blame for the slowdown. There were about 880,000 vehicles sold in China last month, and that's less than were sold in the U.S. And you know, there's a real problem with companies in China ripping off designs and stealing intellectual property. The latest example comes from a company called Brilliance, which has a joint venture with BMW. Brilliance is coming out with a new sedan called the A4 that's a blatant ripoff of the BMW 5 Series. China Auto Web reports that Brilliance is even bragging that its sedan benefits from a BMVV quality control process. Get it? When you spell out BMVV, it almost looks like BMW. And I'd love to hear what the execs at BMW have to say about their Chinese partner. But wait, it gets worse. Brilliance isn't done yet. It's also coming out with a van called the Jinbei that's a blatant ripoff of the Nissan NV200. The good news in all of this? It's the Chinese media that's outing these ripoffs. They've got to know this is not good for the country's image. Speaking of Nissan, it announced it will boost investment in Mexico to offset the strong value of the yen. You know, we saw this happen with the Detroit automakers back in the 1980s when the dollar was so strong and they started offshoring. Now. Looks like it's Japan's turn. According to Bloomberg, Nissan will spend over a billion dollars at two facilities through 2013, which is $400 million more than the company said it would invest there only a year ago. Nissan will add a small sedan and a small multi-purpose van, both based on the March platform. Interesting report from Wards on inventory levels in the U.S. Even though there are more cars sitting on dealer lots right now, the day's supply has gone down because the daily selling rate is so much stronger. Overall, there are 60 days supply, which is actually a little bit low for this time of year. Audi has the lowest day supply right now, only 28 days. Suzuki has the highest, 101 days. A couple of numbers that caught my eye on the passenger car side. The Toyota Prius is sitting on only 32 days, while the Toyota Yaris has 105. On the truck side of the ledger, the Ford Explorer has only 30 days supply. The Ford Flex, 91. These numbers tell you what's hot and what's not. Even though they're the same car, General Motors says the Chevy Volt and the Opel Ampera will have different customers when the two extended range EVs hit the market at the end of the year in Europe. According to Ward's, Nick Riley, the head of GM's European operations, says the Volt will have more retail buyers, while the Ampera will be sold more to fleet and government customers. He also says when the next generation of the two cars arrive, somewhere around 2015 or 16, they'll be further apart in regards to styling and marketing. And Riley says the second-gen Volt and Ampera for the European market will be made in Europe 
instead of in GM's plant in Hamtramck, Michigan. Oh, and a side note here, the day supply of the Chevy Volt in the US, only 10 days. You know, a century ago, horses dominated the world's roads and when motorists got stuck or broke down, as often happened in those early days, passerbys would shout, get a horse. Well, it still rings true. Here, a fuel truck is stuck in some pretty deep snow. To the rescue comes what looks like an Amish guy and his team of horses. Amazingly, the animals are able to pull this tractor trailer right out of the drift. Now, we've got no idea whether the tanker had a full load or not, but it's still amazing what a handful of horses can do. Coming up next, did Ford rip off Volkswagen with its EcoBoost technology, or has the company really got something of its own? Reducing exhaust emissions, aerified diesel particulate filters, high filtration, low back pressure, small package size, excellent durability, DowAerify.com. When it comes to engines, it seems like every automaker is turning to downsizing, direct injection, and forced induction. They're doing this, of course, to meet upcoming fuel economy regulations. Ford's EcoBoost lineup certainly was not the first in this area, but it's probably the best marketed and most recognizable one in the business. From a technology standpoint, though, how's it different from the competition? Recently, we caught up with Barb Samardich, the Vice President of Global Product Programs at Ford. I asked her, what makes EcoBoost special compared to engines that have been in the market for years now? Yeah, I think what we've done at Ford is taken the technology from what I would consider a performance niche vehicle kind of a, a realm, and we brought it into the mainstream. So the, what differentiates us from some of our competitors is our ability to take downsizing, turbocharging, direct injection, apply it to what are very high volume vehicles. I mean, today, we're here today talking about putting EcoBoost engines in the, uh, the Edge, the Explorer, the F-150. So I think that's the real differentiator, and that's, that's a differentiator that our customers see, but what differentiated Ford to be able to do that? And it's really the creativity of our, of our engineering community. We've got over 125 patents related to EcoBoost. A lot of those are on the control strategy and the what we call the calibration work, how you integrate the powertrain into the vehicle for all the drivability aspects. And I think, I think it's fair to say our team is able to go where perhaps some other engineers haven't felt comfortable yet going. And I think we've been leading, uh, leading the way on that. But there's more to EcoBoost than the sum of its parts. Everyone else in the industry is moving towards forced induction and direct injection. What makes Ford setup special is the software behind the hardware. One of the interesting areas where we've had um, what I would call a technology advantage and where our engineers have definitely had some patents and uh, you know, issued on is related to how you um, match up your transmission to your engine and how you um, drive the torque from the engine into the transmission and you do that whole control strategy link up. And we've done an outstanding job there of making sure that we can provide all the performance that the customer is demanding and at the same time anticipate where they're going by looking at throttle angles, et cetera. So we kind of get ahead of them, adapt to their driving style, and then we deliver the torque at the lowest possible RPM, which translates into the best fuel possible. So that kind of matching sequence is where what I, our calibrators, the folks that that, again, do all that drivability in the vehicle have really outdone themselves. And it's really enabled us to get the maximum amount of fuel benefit out of a strategy like EcoBoost. Of course, even more efficiency gains can be had when the right kind of transmission is made into the engine. Dual clutch gearboxes are the latest fad under the hood, but Smartage says 
they're not all created equal. Ones with wet clutches are only about as efficient as standard step shift automatics, assuming they have the same number of gears. Dry clutch units like the one Ford uses in the Fiesta can be significantly more efficient because they don't have to pump around all kinds of fluid. Hey, don't forget to tune in to Open Line tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join in on the discussion that covers anything and everything about cars. Join your host, Michelle Naranjo, tonight on Open Line. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. <music>